to know that he's worthy. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Glory to God. Open your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. When you have it, say so. The Bible says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping or the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But... Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love title of the message this morning is equipped edified and empowered you have been equipped you're being edified and you've been empowered by the Holy Ghost to be that every part that is doing its part amen hallelujah amen hallelujah father we love you and we honor you this morning Thank you for your presence that has moved in this place. And Lord, it is our prayer today that you would speak to our hearts. That you would again remind us of the truths that you have left us in your word. The reality of your will for man. Father, that you would challenge each of us to walk worthy of this call. Father, call us higher. 
don't just call us, God, give us the ability to respond and come higher. But Lord, we realize that it is you who works and wills and purposes in us. And so, God, we desire to walk in the good works that you have prepared for us. So, God, I ask you for every one of my brothers and sisters here, beginning with myself, that we would all have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to the church and specifically to this body of believers here, God. That we would hear your word and that we would do your word. Lord, it's simple. Hear and do. Help us to hear and do. Help us to have that childlike faith that understands the right thing, and we just do it. Help us to see the benefit of doing what you say. Father, we honor you today. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, someone said, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we are continuing this morning with our series that I began a couple of weeks ago, entitled Body Work. We want to keep moving forward in this because looking at this particular portion of scripture, we find a few things here. And in this scripture, it shows us what Christ did. It shows us what Christ gave. It shows us where Christ is. And it shows us what Christ is actively doing. When you read this particular portion of scripture, it places a mandate upon you and upon me because God is calling us as his church to be something and produce something. Are you here? God is putting a mandate on us because he is showing us this is what Christ did. He descended into this earth. He came down, God in glory, and he descends from on high, and he comes into this earth. And when he comes into this earth, we know because obviously we know what the gospel says. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And as he lived that perfect sinless life, he dies and, 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 and um, dies on the cross, is crucified, and he is resurrected on the third day. And so the scripture shows us where he is. He is high above all the heavens. He is seated in glory, and he is actively involved in some stuff. But he also shows us what he gave. Say what he gave. He gave gifts unto men and women. Amen. Hallelujah. He gave gifts unto humanity. He gave us gifts for a purpose, and it was to represent him within this earth. If you read in the book of Ephesians and you look from chapters 1 through chapter 3, you will find some wonderful doctrine for you to stand upon teaching of God's will and God's purpose and how, you know, all of the things that he did in demonstrating his love. And I believe it's in chapter 3. It says there that Christ wanted to manifest himself through the church. Now read with me. Look, look to chapter 3 really quickly and look Look at verse 10 there, and it says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. You're reading it with me there? 
that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to principalities and powers and the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. I want you to realize here that he says that, that God desires to do something through the church. He has chosen a vehicle to manifest himself, and that is you, and that is me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are the church. And tell him, I know you know this. This building is not the church. You are the church. When we look at what Christ did, we look at the price that Christ paid because I know that we go through difficult situations and circumstances, but it is beautiful that we have the picture of the cross that is written out for us in four different examples, in four different books called the gospel. And we can look at the picture of what Jesus went through. And as we look at that picture of what Christ did in paying the price for you and I, we can be motivated to act according to God's will we can be comforted in the midst of our crisis and our focus should be on what Christ did even in the midst of difficulty what am I saying that difficulty does not excuse you from being what God has called you to be frustration does not excuse you from being what God has called you to be trying times do not excuse you from being what God has called you to be nothing on this earth excuses you from being what God has called you to be why because of what God did through his son to empower you to become what he called you to be it's the cross church why why are we here today we're here today because of what jesus did over two thousand years ago glory to god we are here today because of the sacrifice that he made. And so everything we do, whether it is worship corporately and we lift our hands, we are doing it not because the music was good or because the music was bad. We are not doing it because they're singing our favorite song or they're singing a song that we cannot stand. We are doing it because of what? Because of the cross. Because of what Jesus did. Because of the price that he paid. He paid a great price. Prices are important to us because, you know, some of us who are more fashion conscious, glory to God, we will realize that in the society in which we live, it is easy to pay two or three times more for something just because of a label. Unless you are a thrifty shopper, glory to God, and you know how to get it for the right price, you know how to watch it for a little while, and then you'll go back, ladies, glory to God, hallelujah. I'm watching that item there until they bring it down and bring it down and bring it down until it gets stuck somewhere in a clearance rack, glory to God. And then you pay the same price for this that you would have paid for something else. But here is something that I think in most cases we will find. That while it is true that we are paying more money because of the label that is on it, it is very usual and typical that the item that you purchase does have a better quality to it. Hello? You know, you, you, you can pay for something that is, you know, half-priced or whatever the case is, no-name brand, knockoff, whatever the case is, and it, it doesn't have the same durability. Mm -hmm. Amen, somebody? 
That's why they, they, they teach you, you know, you, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to, mo- I guess I'm throwing a plug in there for the ladies, glory to God, because it's Mother's Day today. But, you know, you know, you got to take care of your feet, glory to God. Make sure you wear nice shoes that are going to support you. Amen, somebody. You need to get quality items. Quality items. You have to buy quality items. Why, why does this, what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, well, mm-hmm, well. Jesus paid a major price for the label Christian. Did you hear what I just said? He he, he, he didn't pay no discount price. He couldn't wait until it went on the clearance rack. Hello? He he couldn't wait. I'm going to just pay half price. No, no, no. He had to pay full price. And he paid full price for this glorious name. And when I say glorious, it has been watered down and it has been, you know, taken through the mud. But being called a Christian church, it was an insult. But it is wonderful because the Bible says that when we are insulted for Christ, it is glorious. Hello? But this price that he paid, he paid a great price. What does this price do for us? Well, this price gives each of us the right to deliverance from sin. You understand what that means? That means that you do not have to walk around here being overtaken by temptation, no matter what they're throwing at you, because what? Because the cross is powerful enough to deliver you from whatever is drawing your attention. The cross is powerful enough to break addiction. The cross is powerful enough to deliver you from immorality. The cross is powerful enough to set you free from those things that are hindering you from walking with Christ. He paid a great price for that freedom. The cross provides each of us freedom from condemnation. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Now notice, there is there no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Didn't say for those who call on Christ. Didn't say those who call themselves Christians. I know it's kind of rough, and I haven't even got to my first point. Glory to God. It it, it said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. How do you know if you're in Christ? Well, here's a real easy way to answer the question. Have you truly surrendered your life to his will and not yours? Are you diligently, this is like a three-part question, seeking out the word of God to find out what is pleasing and acceptable to God? And have you decided that you are no longer going to listen to what this world says is right and you are going to walk according to the word of God? See, because that's what it means to be in Christ. When I am in Christ, I am no longer living my life for me. I'm living my life for him. And if I'm living my life for him, that means something. That means that it's not my way. It's his way. But it doesn't stop there because you get deliverance from sin. 
You get freedom from condemnation, and you also get something that is powerful, and it is called eternal life. Anybody like eternal life, like the way that sounds? Eternal living, glory to God. We get this thing called eternal life, but you know what? For some people and for some reason, folks believe that eternal life begins the day you stop breathing in this earth. I he I'm here to tell you that that is not true. The Bible says that you and I have been sealed if you are a child of God. If you ain't a child of God, you ain't been sealed yet. We want to get you sealed. Hallelujah. We, we, we want to see you sealed and filled with the Holy Ghost. But if you are a child of God in this place, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is like a deposit that was placed in you of what? Of eternity and what is to come. So what happens? The Bible says that the Spirit of God now comes to dwell in you. And now, what is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in what? The Holy Ghost. And so you know what happens is you and I are filled with the Spirit of God, sealed with the Spirit of God, and the moment that we submit our lives to Christ, now this eternal life begins to manifest through us. And we have a choice because we can sow to the flesh and reap corruption or we can sow to the spirit and reap that eternal life. And so it's important for us to consider those things because Jesus paid a great price. And here is the question. The question is, is Jesus getting what he paid for. Is Jesus getting what he paid for? Now, come on, ladies. I know, you, I, I, know I can get a witness up in here from some ladies, glory to God. Because, you know, most, most I know my wife anyway. I can't, I can't talk about every other woman in here, but I know my wife. I know for sure that if she don't get what she paid for, see, I'll be like chilling the other day. We had a situation with our vehicle, glory to God, and, you know, went in there and had some maintenance done to it. They were going to fix a problem, and, you know, I'm, I'm still having the issue. So I go back to the dealer, and, I, you know, I go and talk to the guy, and the guy is like, well, yeah, you know, we checked it. They changed something real quick. We're not going to charge you. I said, well, praise God, you know, I drove out. Well, you know, a couple of days later, still got the same issue. So I'm like, man, I got to bring this car back. So I bring the car back to the dealer again when I get back to the dealer I you know I tell him listen man this thing is still you know having a leak here and he said all right so he takes it puts it up on the machine so he comes back to me and he's like listen he said it's this little component over here and I said okay he said so um we're just going to charge you for the piece we're not going to charge you for the labor and you, and you know me I'm like all right man I know I know this ain't right but you all right but whatever <laughs> see because I know I'm going to go tell her and she's going to be like uh -uh, we ain't paying for this but anyway so I go ahead, you know, make the arrangement with the guy that got to order the part or whatever the case is. I call her on the phone, and I'm like, babe. I said, listen, you know, this is what they, you know, we're talking. I said, yeah, you know, so he told me that, you know, we're going to pay for the part. And she said, you going to pay for what? I said, hold on a second. Did, let, let, let me see the receipt, glory to God. Because I need to see if we paid for that to be fixed. Because if we paid for that to be fixed and they didn't fix it, why are we paying again to get the same thing fixed that we already paid for? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to tell you something. My wife is nothing compared to the almighty and holy God whom we serve. Now, y'all ain't saying nothing. See, my wife is pretty determined, but our God is pretty determined as well. Our God made sure that he removed every single excuse that any of us could have. He removed every, why? Because what? He infused us and this earth with something called grace. Say grace. You know, everybody that we live under grace, that's a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. 
I know it got quiet. That, 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 that's a scary place to be. Why? Because grace means that you have the divine influence upon your heart should be manifesting through your life. So what does that mean? That means that holy living is not based on your ability, but it's based on the power of the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Why do you think the Apostle Peter says, be holy as God is holy? Why do you think he says that? He says, because God who is holy dwells in you. And I know this is hard preaching, glory to God. And I'm about to get to my first point right now. But we got to deal with the question, has or is Jesus getting what he paid for from his church? But let's, take, let, 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 let's make it more personal. Is Jesus getting what he paid for from you? Is Jesus getting what he paid for from me? Am I living according to this standard that he has set forth in this word? So those are some heavy questions there. Because our Lord doesn't have low expectations. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Mm -hmm. Let's look at verse 1 here. Verse 1 says, I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord beseech you, I beg you, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Did you hear what the apostle says? He is talking to the church. He's not talking to church leaders. He is talking to the general assembly. And he's saying, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So the first thing I want you to repeat with me is say the price Christ paid requires a worthy response in our daily walk. The word walk there means when he says to walk worthy of your calling, it means to live or to conduct yourself in a particular manner. It says live or conduct yourself according to something and says to walk worthily and the word worthily now listen to this it means pertaining to being fit in other words walk in a manner that is fitting or in a manner that is proper in corresponding to what is expected literally this is how it could read i the prisoner of the lord beseech you to live a life that corresponds to the standard god set when he called you Mm -hmm. It's going to be quiet up in here. That's all right. I want you to get this down in your spirit. I want you to get this in your heart. Because when you were called, I, I don't know how you were called. I know how I was called. My mother was the one that led me to Christ. And you know what? She went ahead, ministered the word of the Lord to me. I was bawling. And I knew what I was in for because, you know, the one thing that I did not want to be, and I'm going to just let you all know this, was I told, you know, folks that would talk to me about being a Christian, I don't want to be a hypocrite if I give my life to the Lord. And I knew that I wasn't done doing drugs. I wasn't done having sex outside of marriage. I knew that I wasn't done doing the things that I was doing. And so how could I call myself a Christian? Hello, somebody. See, because nowadays everybody can call themselves a Christian. No matter what they do, you're just a Christian. I'm here to let you know that that is not true. And, and, and there is a reason why the apostle is begging this church. He is saying, please walk according to the standard. Live your life according to the standard that is set forth. What is the standard, church? The standard is Christ. Oh, glory to God. 
What a standard. Live a life according to the standard of Christ. And some things is going to be painful. You know why? Because dying is painful. But you know something? This is the beauty of this. If you will die to yourself, you will know what freedom really is. Did you hear what I just said? If you will die to yourself, if you will crucify your flesh, if you will say no to your own desires, you will slowly but surely begin to know what true freedom is because those things that are drawing you, those things that are calling you will no longer call you. Those things that have your attention, those things that make you shake, those things that make you tremble, those things that pull you away from the presence of God, those things will no longer be attractive to you. Why? Because you have died to yourself. You know what the problem is, church? We don't want to die. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do not want to die. We want to live for ourselves. Listen to me. The Bible is clear that there is a standard that is there when you and I were called. And when you think about all of the things that Jesus did, and like I told you, reading through Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, you will find clearly what it is that Jesus did. You will find clearly what the standards are that God has for you. You will find clearly what it is that God expects of you. And can I encourage you this morning? I know this is kind of rough, but you know, I just want to encourage you for a moment. If God places a standard, God provides the ability for you to get there. God doesn't say, all right, here is where you need to get. Now get there by yourself. He doesn't do that church if God says I want you here he says my daughter my son if you will embrace me if you will embrace my word I know it's going to be painful but I'm going to embrace you through the pain and I'm going to take you to where I want you to be the question is are we willing to trust him are we willing to really submit our life to him and believe that he's going to have us that he's not going to let us go see those are the questions that we have to ask ourselves, because the problem is with many folks is that they don't want to let go to the present securities they have to the security that is found in Christ alone. Did you hear me? The problem with many people is that they don't want to let go of whatever it is that they have because they don't know. Listen, I want to encourage you. I was the same way. I didn't want to let go of my little four or five friends that I had that were my best friends. Yeah, right. I, I, I don't want to let go of, 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 of the comforts. I, I didn't want to let go of any of that stuff. I, I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid I was going to be by myself. And can I tell you something? The moment that I let them go, I never knew what it was to be alone. You know why? Because my life was filled with something that I, they could never provide. Five of them couldn't provide what one provided. Look, every blunt, everything, sack, everything that I could get could not provide what Jesus provided me. Listen, everything that this world has to offer pales in comparison to who Christ is. That's why the apostle says, walk worthy of that calling. Walk according to the standard that was set when you were called. When you were called, you were called. The, the, the Bible says that we are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones. And what are we called out of? Did, 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 did you ever think about that? Called, what are you called out of? You are called out of darkness into light. 
That means that you are not supposed to walk according to this world. You are supposed to walk according to the world that you are not part of. The kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. That's what we're supposed to be doing, okay? So he says, walk worthy of the calling. In light, when we look at what Jesus did, we look at our sin. We look at the suffering of Christ on the cross and God's merciful calling and gift of salvation. Each of us should be living all out for God in the house of the Lord and outside with our brothers and sisters in Christ and before this lost world. When we look at our sin and then we look at what Jesus did to pay for the price of those sins. And then we look at the, the gift that he offers us. What should that motivate us to do? Living all out. What is the whole purpose of this series? Because I don't want us to get lost in this. I don't want to just preach a bunch, of, a bunch of messages. I want you to understand, God is calling you to action. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is calling you to action. He's calling you to action. He is calling you to step up to the plate. He is calling you to begin to do what he has called you to do. He goes on. I want you to look at this with me. Look at verse 2. After he tells them to walk worthy of their calling, he tells them to do this with a few things. He said, with all lowliness or humility, gentleness or sensitivity, with long-suffering or patience. Look what he says. Bearing with one another in love. Glory to God. We call ourselves Christians, but someone does something to offend us, and we can't even look at them. Hallelujah. <laughs> you like that, huh? Someone says something we don't like, can't deal with them. Can't, can't come to church until, you know, I'm over this. Mm -hmm. Make, makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. Yeah, just... Forget it. Bishop, I, I don't even know if half of y'all coming back next week, glory to God. I've offended everybody in here, but it's all right, glory to God. Listen, get offended, and what? Are we bearing with one another in love? That's an action word there. That is a continual action because you know what? The more people that God adds to the church, the more diversity of, the more diversity of characters that are going to be added. You got that, right? So you know what happens is all of those people that you are just cool with, that you get along with, that you have so much in common with, you know what's going to happen? All of that is going to be interrupted when God starts bringing other folks. You're going to bear with them with love? Or are you going to be like, you know, I'm just going to hang out over here? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. The Bible says, bearing with one another in love. But, 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 but let, let, let's keep reading. Endeavoring. That means going out of your way. Do you hear what I said? Endeavoring. That means doing everything within your power to do what? To keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That, 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 are, we, are we doing that, church? This is what Jesus paid for. He paid for a humble, gentle, patient, loving, enduring, endeavoring, unified church. Is he getting what he paid for? Are you devoted to those things? Are you devoted in walking in humility? Are you devoted to walking in patience with your brother or sister who is like at this level in your eyes? Hello. Because, you know, we have our own judgments of folks. And, you know, you're at this level, and they should be there by now, right? Because you're so high, glory to God. You're so filled with the Holy Ghost. 
so full of God, right? So full of his wisdom. Mm -hmm. I think you got the picture that if you think you're here, you ain't, right? You know, humility, one of the definitions was it's one of those things that when you know you got it, you lost it. You hear what I just said? When you know you got it, you lost it. You know, when folks walk around, well, you know, I'm a humble person. Mm -hmm. Watch that one. Watch that one. I'm a humble. Watch their behavior. They, they walk around with their head down, but their attitude is like, whatever. I ain't got to listen to nobody. But uh -huh. He paid a price, church. He paid a price for a church that would be that way with one another. What is he doing? He's setting us up. He's saying, look, I want to get you to the place where we always hear about, which is he gave gifts unto men. But before we start talking about gifts, let's talk about character. Because if you're really walking worthy, that means you're walking in humility. If you're really walking worthy, that means that you're walking in gentleness, sensitivity, one to the other. I know that everybody, you know, some, some folks feel, you know, and, and especially, you know, people, you know, men, you know, we're, we're, we're rough around the edges, insensitive, you know, typically, not all the time, but we're like that. And, you know, we automatically feel like, well, I'm disqualified. I can't be gentle. Well, then, you know what? Paul shouldn't have wrote that because every one of us, no matter what, every one of us that is in this place, we have been called to walk this way. That's what it means to walk worthy of him. Patience. Oh, don't pray for patience because you're going to get trial and tribulation. Listen, whether you pray for it or not, it's coming. Why? Because God said he wants you to have it. So whether you want it or not, guess what is coming? Trial and tribulation. So you might as well get it over with. Ask, Lord, give me patience. I know, I know y'all don't want to hear this, but listen, you should just brace yourself. Glory to God. Lord, give me these patience that you say that I need. Give me the ability to endure and to bear with my brothers and my sisters in love. Amen. See, that, that, that's the key there. In love. Not with attitude. You know, bearing with folks with an attitude. Just got an attitude. Uh -huh, whatever. That ain't love, church. I'm going to bear with you until you get to where you need to be. That ain't love. I know, I know we laugh, but it's true. Bearing with folks. Listen. Endeavoring. Going out of your way to keep unity. So you got to realize this. When you're not walking in humility, it's going to attack unity. Did you hear me? When you're walking pridefully, when you think you've arrived somewhere, and it's all, listen, I'm not telling you not to measure yourself. You need to measure yourself. You need to recognize where Christ has brought you from and where you are. But don't ever start estimating yourself higher than so-and-so or such-and-such because guess what? You got a long way to go when you really measure yourself according to the standard of Jesus Christ. So when you're walking around not being humble, you walk around with arrogance, guess what that's going to attack? Unity. Because you think you're all that, so why do I need to be connected with them? They're not worthy of my impartation. They're not worthy of my company. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, folks don't say it, but they, they feel it. I can't be around them. They're just in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Well, since you're so spiritual, can you get us out of the flesh? Hang out with us and show us the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hang out with us and show us Jesus. Hang out with us and let us know about our sin. Don't be afraid. Be the woman, man of God that you are and hang out with me. 
Deliver me from myself, glory to God, since you are the second Savior. Mm -hmm. What happens when you don't walk in gentleness? Oh, this is a touchy subject right here. See, because I just said you get offended because someone wasn't being gentle and you don't want to come to church. Let's keep it real, right? Is that, is that not right? But here's the thing. Both of you got a responsibility because if somebody's not being humble, if somebody's not being gentle, if somebody's not being patient, guess what you still got to do? Bear with them in love. Oh, glory to God. See, see, Pastor Vanessa got it. Glory to God. She was like, in love. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth. The truth is, when you're not walking in gentleness, you're not walking in sensitivity unto the Holy Spirit. Hello? And unto your brothers and sisters, you've got to remember, you know, God is not going to have you just being just so sensitive to him and just hurting other people. Just for no reason. Hello? I know this is just a tough word. It's all right, though, glory to God. I, I didn't even get past point one because, you know, we've already been here for 40 minutes, glory to God. But it's all right, though. we got plenty of weeks together. Amen. Y'all are going to come back next week for the second part. Hallelujah. But if you're not walking in the gentleness, what does that do? That causes division, causes offense, okay? What happens when you're not walking in patience? Well, when you're not walking in patience, it attacks division too. So what is it that we need to do, church? We need to be sure that when we read these scriptures, let's not just go through them and just forget about it, but let's continue on to read here. Let's look as he goes on that we need to endeavor to keep the unity. And I want to say this, that unity does not mean uniformity. Did you hear what I said? In other words, God is not going to, Pastor Robert and I are two different types of people. We have different ways of viewing things. We agree on the most important thing, which is Jesus being our Savior. Hello. We love each other in Christ, but you know what? We're different. Pastor Robert will never be me, and I will never be him, but we're unified. We are walking together to accomplish the goal and the purpose that God has. And that is what I mean. It doesn't mean that everybody's got to be like Bishop or everybody's got to be like this. God doesn't want everybody to be one way because then we lose diversity and then we are incapable of reaching a diverse world. Did you hear what I just said? That's so why we have different stuff. So when I'm talking about unity, I'm not talking about uniformity because different people have different gifts, and we'll get into this. Different people have been gifted different ways. Certain people have certain characteristics that I don't have. Certain people are more organized than I may be. Certain people may be more detail-oriented than I may be. Does that make me any less of a, of a vessel of worth to God? No. It means that I need their help. Glory to God. And you know what? They need to give me their help in love. With patience. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing, glory to God. With gentleness. With humility. Mm -hmm. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit because of what? Now, let's continue on to read here. Because there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith, there is one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I think that every single person that has ever been the leader or founder of a denomination needed to read that and memorize that. 
Because no matter how many buildings there are in Oviedo, there is one true church. No matter how many different doctrinal statements there are, as long as they are not heretical, heresy, unbiblical teaching, as long as they are still one body. This is the reason why we've got to walk according to the standard. Because we are one body, church. We have one hope. There is one spirit. There is one baptism. We are one. And if we don't do this, you want to know what happens? I don't need to tell you nothing. Just go open a phone book. Non-denominational, Pentecostal, AME, Presbyterian, Baptist, Missionary Baptist. Go ahead and open up your, 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 your phone book. Go to yellowpages.com. Just search churches and watch and see how many different headings come up. That's what happens when people are not endeavoring, listen to me, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. When people are not passionate about preserving what God, Jesus Christ himself, paid a price for, a glorious church that was filled with power. And it is my prayer that we will be those types of people, church. That we will be those types of men and women. That we would live our lives endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That we will be those kind of people that are walking in humility. That are walking in gentleness. That are walking in patience. That are endure, enduring one another in love. That we will be those people that will not allow the enemy to bring division into our homes. Bring division into our ministries. Bring division into to the body of Christ, that we will be those people who will be that example, church. That's what it means to be part of the body of Christ, is that we have that kind of heart, that we have that kind of desire, that we are living to live according to the standard that God set when he called us. Let's everybody stand to our feet and bow your heads, please. Hallelujah.